Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Are you wondering if your binge or emotional eating habits have triggered hormone and gut issues? Low energy, fatigue, bloating, brain fog, weight gain, more PMS, more menopause symptoms, more cravings, poor sleep, the list goes on. Did you know some of your hormone and gut symptoms can also fuel your emotional eating behaviors? Yes, they can. That's why it's so important to address the roots of your physical symptoms while working on the emotional mindset and self-love work. If you're ready to address each piece, be sure to check out Amber Omaniak, emotional eating, digestive and hormone expert with nine years of experience helping over 1,200 women with support on all of the above and without diets, without restriction or any quick fixes. Amber will do a full health assessment and help you get to the root of your symptoms with hormone testing, gut health assessing, and of course, support to help your body come back to balance with your mind and soul. Visit amberapproved.ca to book a 30-minute body freedom call or check out the No Sugar Coating podcast today to learn more about the connections between our relationship with food, mindset, and our health. So today it's me and I want to talk about the impact of under eating on the body. And I like to say up front that this is relevant for anyone who is under eating, whatever your body size or body shape, because I think people often assume that the impact of under eating on the body is only something to be taken seriously or something to be acknowledged if you are underweight or if you have a diagnosis of anorexia nervosa. But this is not true. The impact of undereating on the body can be very stressful and can affect people of all shapes and weights and sizes. So if you're listening to this and you restrict your eating, whether you have anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, OSFED, ARFID, binge eating disorder or disordered eating and you are doing extreme dieting, this episode is going to be relevant for you. Now I'm going to be talking about different types of effects of under eating. So looking at the psychological effects, thinking and consciousness and the physical effects of the body. So what you might want to do is grab a pen and paper and make a note of the things that are relevant for you. Now, this is not an exercise to scare you or for you to beat yourself up and become very critical about your eating. Instead, it is to help boost motivation, to increase awareness and understanding of yourself. Because often, if you've been under eating for a while or if you've been in patterns of disordered eating, it starts to be feel normal. And you will have sort of almost forgotten what it's like to have a healthier relationship with food. You will have forgotten what it's like to feel more normal, to have regular energy, not to feel cold and all these other symptoms we can experience. So 
I want you to use this exercise as a way to gain insight and understanding, again, not to beat yourself up, something to help increase awareness and also support you in your motivation for change. So firstly, looking at some of the psychological effects of undereating. So mood is often massively affected when we're not eating enough. We can feel very low in mood, can actually almost feel quite depressed because many of the nutrients in food affect the emotional centers of our brain and reducing these nutrients or affecting their balance has an adverse effect on mood. So under eaters will generally report feeling low, depressed, and also prone to being easily irritated or enraged even. And I think about my own experience of under eating and remember feeling very low in mood, very flat, and definitely very, very irritable. And I remember one of my clients saying that when she was under eating, hearing someone in her family coming back home and putting the key in the door almost ignited this rage in her as she was so hungry, so preoccupied with food that any sort of external stimuli coming in that was not wanted really made her feel very, very angry. I just want to say that's a very normal response when we are under eating. The next one's panic or anxiety. So if you're very low weight, you might feel quite spaced out quite a lot of the time and actually not very in touch with your feelings. Sometimes people almost describe this as like being in a bubble. So it's almost like you're not really in the moment. You're quite detached from what is going on. However, panic attacks can be a common symptom, which can be associated with panic about weight gain around food. And panic symptoms are not always just emotional. They commonly arise if the body's stress systems are not getting the nutrients they need to keep us balanced and able to cope with life. So panic attacks will often subside only when weight becomes more normal for your age and weight. So yeah, reflect on that for yourself as well. Are you experiencing or have you experienced more panic attacks since you've been under eating? And what about your sort of general level of anxiety day by day? How has that been impacted by under eating? The next one, which I think is really fascinating, is obsessions and compulsions. So one of the most prominent changes of under eating is heightened obsessiveness. Now, I think this is because as well, if you're trying to stick to a rigid routine of under eating and not very much food, you almost need to structure your day in quite a rigid way to make that possible because it's kind of the only way you can kind of feel in control and manage eating such a small amount. So it's really normal to have lots of different rigid routines, have to eat at certain times, have to eat certain amounts, have to do things in a certain order. People might as well feel very compelled to walk a certain distance each day. Sometimes people might feel quite obsessed about keeping things very clean and tidy. So what's tricky with all of this, of course, is it interferes with the ability to be spontaneous and relaxed, just to be able to kind of enjoy things it often translates into sort of exercise as well. So 
it means that you might have to walk a certain number of steps. You might have to do a certain amount of exercise. And it's almost that you can't feel peaceful until you have done that. Also, the obsessions and compulsions can be seen in the way that someone eats. It might be having to eat in a particular way, eating perhaps with very small cutlery, eating on a small plate, eating foods in a particular order. It could be cutting food into very small pieces and taking tiny bites or chewing foods for a certain number of bites. And some people become obsessive compulsive to such a degree that they could be described as suffering from starvation-induced OCD, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Also, hoarding objects, including bags of food, is common among people who just don't eat enough. So I know as well, so many of my clients have told me about having food in the house, maybe sometimes under their beds or in their cupboards that they have bought and they have bought it weeks ago, but they are not eating it. But it feels very reassuring to have the food there and it can feel quite safe. And again, it feels like this compulsion to feel the need to have it there. So again, that's all really normal. So if you can recognize yourself doing some of these things, could be a sign that you're not eating it enough. The next one is withdrawal and looking inward. So under eating can make you feel better in the short term, especially if people draw attention to your willpower or weight loss. You know, the classic thing in our diet culture world where you're praised for all these things. But that often doesn't last that long in terms of feeling better from those external compliments. Because when you're not eating enough, you become very withdrawn. You tend to focus inwards a lot. and You haven't really got the energy or enthusiasm to deal with the outside world because all your energy is focused on controlling your food and exercise and all of those things. So sometimes people with an eating disorder might have a poor social life, but create almost a very vivid inner life, which might be expressed by writing stories or poetry. Sometimes that's not a bad thing. You know, that can be very helpful and healing and a kind of process for someone to be using on their journey. But I think as well, when someone is in that place, the writings as well are often about the emotional pain of the disorder and sufferers being quite closed off from the experiences of life outside. So again, it doesn't really make you very happy when you're under eating. You tend to withdraw, you tend to become very isolated, you tend to kind of move into that kind of bubble and feel very disconnected from everything. So the withdrawal as well can be explained by the effects of undernourishment in the brain. Also, the tendency to avoid the company of other people is encouraged by low mood and over-focusing on all the rituals which must be done to keep hunger at bay. So doing a certain number of steps may take priority over being social and hanging out with friends. And in the moment, you know, that probably feels much more important to the person. But again, it's another symptom of undereating. The next one is loss of sexual feelings. So often as well, if you're under eating, you're much more kind of preoccupied with food. Something like sex is not the first thing on your mind. And again, this can be due to hormonal changes. You know, so you are physiologically not going to be having such a strong desire to have sex or to have sexual interest. 
So yeah, and obviously in women, it can lead to a loss of menstrual periods, but we will talk a bit more about that when we come on to the physical effects. So another psychological impact is feeling fat. Now, this is so interesting because we know in the Minnesota starvation study where the men were starved, that many of them described feeling fat when they were under eating. And these were men that were, you know, it's back in the 1950s. They were not exposed to all the social media that we're exposed to. There weren't all the kind of body image issues back then that we have today, at least not anywhere near to the same extent. But we know for a human being that when they start to under eat, they do have this phenomenon of feeling fat. So something happens to the brain there where if you are under eating, you tend to focus a lot more on your own body and also then comparing your body to others. So we don't really understand fully why this happens. And experts believe that the experience of fatness is really a sensing of all the buried feelings which have led to the need to under eat in the first place. So obviously, this is very much on an unconscious level. But as you hear with eating disorders many a time, it's not about food, it's about feelings. And I really believe this is true. So fat feelings tend to increase with weight loss if a person is already underweight. So and thus eating more rather than striving for even more weight loss is the only solution to the problem of feeling huge. And often that can feel really counterintuitive. I know when people are really, really underweight, suffering from anorexia nervosa, they can almost describe sometimes that their body is expanding and it genuinely feels absolutely terrifying, this feeling of fatness. But we know again that that is about under eating. Actually, when you start to eat more, these psychological feelings will subside significantly. But I do understand it can be hard to trust that when you're deep in the trenches. Okay, let's move on now to thinking a bit more about how thinking and consciousness is impacted by undereating. So our thinking is affected by consistent undereating. It's not surprising since the brain requires a great deal of energy to compute. One effect of undereating for a while is that thinking becomes inflexible. So it can become difficult to set priorities and switch easily from one task to another. We know as well that concentration is always impaired, although not everyone is aware of this because they force themselves to focus on the task in hand anyway. So indeed, undereaters often describe themselves as more alert and purposeful, but this generally can't be sustained for long. So you might be listening to this and relate to this and think, actually, you know, for me, I am much more alert, more purposeful. Actually, when I'm under eating, I get a lot more done. And that might feel really, really true for short bursts. But I think if you really stand back and reflect, you probably find as well that this is interspersed with periods of feeling exhausted and tired and not really having much energy at all. So have a reflect and see what works for you, what's relevant for you. So constant thinking as well about food and weight, which is a side effect of undereating, interferes as well with the ability to attend to other things because you just haven't got that kind of brain space to focus on other things when you're so preoccupied with food. The next thing is an obsession about food and weight. So anyone who undereats for any reason starts thinking more about food, might be looking at cookery programs, might be scrolling online, looking at recipes, becoming very obsessed with food and also becoming more obsessed about their weight 
and, you know, focusing on numbers, all of those things. So we know in the Minnesota starvation experiment as well that the men became fanatically interested in cooking, in being interested in food and recipes, books about nutrition, had dreams about food and eating. It's very common as well that if you are obsessed about food and weight, that you might give up your old interests and other hobbies because food and weight and exercise has become this dominant obsession. So other things that are more important sort of fade into the background. The next one is your depth of thinking. So among people who undereat, consciousness may contract. So the best way to explain this is that very little seems to matter. So in some cases, all you might think about is how to get or avoid the next meal, how to control your weight, or how to ensure that your food is right for you. So this makes it very hard for someone to give attention to other things. And a narrow range of consciousness will lead in many cases to social inadequacies, such as a lack of empathy and difficulty in sharing experiences of connection and joy. And this is because, you know, when you're so focused on food because you're hungry, how can you possibly empathize or be so much in the moment? Because, of course, understandably, you're so distracted. So you will be obsessing about all the little details about your eating, what you're going to eat, when you're going to eat, how you're going to avoid this, how are you going to manage the amount you're eating. It just becomes overwhelming. Now, some people will describe hearing a voice when they are under eating. This probably happens more in extreme under eating and particularly when people become underweight. Sometimes people describe this as their own voice. Sometimes people describe this as another sort of voice in their head and not everybody gets the voice. So I think, again, there's no right or wrong here. It's very much down to your own experience. But the voice will tend to tell you whether this be your voice or another voice that you're greedy. It tends to be very, very critical, will sort of tell you off if you're trying to eat any more. And, you know, it can be quite extreme as well. The voice might threaten to punish you and just be very, very unkind. The next one is irrational thinking. So the effects of poor nourishment on the brain may lead to difficulty in making good sense of day-to-day impressions and experiences. And this, in turn, will result in unhelpful interpretations of everyday events. So if someone is critical, for example, this may be interpreted as they have it in for me whereas the ability to think rationally may lead you to the conclusion that they are simply having a bad day. So I think our emotional regulation is quite reduced if we are under eating. Our ability sort of to tolerate, to feel, to experience intense emotions, it's all compromised. So it's going to impact our relationships. It's going to impact how we interpret events day by day. And generally, we're probably not going to be feeling as good. So now moving on to some behaviours that we associate when someone undereats. So changes in feeling and thinking as a result of undereating have a great impact on someone's personal behaviour and relationships. And people who have undereaten for a long time come to think this is part of their personality. And they're often not even aware that how they think, feel and behave is only the effect of their eating habits. In other words, the real self has become masked. 
So people as well, with their behavior, they may experience cravings. The strongest effect of undereating on behavior can be caused by powerful cravings, usually for foods rich in sugar and fat. And some people respond to these cravings by doing all sorts of things to keep their mouth and appetite distracted, such as exercising excessively, smoking, drinking, alcohol, or even sucking stones. For other people, their control of cravings is undermined by binge eating, which in turn will lead to more efforts at restraint, and in some cases, harmful acts such as purging and more cravings down the line. So yeah, I know myself that when I was under eating, I had a short period where I was just in that very sort of under eating restrictive zone. But for me, really, really quickly, I was experiencing massive cravings, getting really, really over hungry and slipped into binging and very, very quickly slipped into purging and in this just horrible, relentless cycle. And as anyone who's listening will realize as well, particularly once you're restricting and then binging and purging, you know, your blood sugar, your body physiology is all over the place. And then it's really hard to feel good and to eat well because of you're on this blood sugar coaster, roller coaster, and you are craving things all the time. And yeah, you feel really out of control. So I've been there. I know it's not great. And a great deal of research exists to prove that food cravings are in fact biologically driven as a result of undereating low weight and will not resolve unless the person is able to eat a diet which is nutritionally dense and sufficient in calories. So cravings will also persist until someone is a healthy weight. And of course, I want to acknowledge, you know, as a human being, having food cravings is a normal part of life. But we're referring here to the more extreme cravings that you might experience when you are under eating. So now we are moving on to the physical effects of under eating. So the heart circulation and temperature can be affected. So the heart is a muscle which can be eroded by extreme undereating and thus become weaker. Obviously, we're talking more here as well about when people do become underweight as well. But, you know, just to acknowledge, actually, it's very dangerous undereating generally on the body. It puts the body under a great deal of stress. Blood pressure may fall to dangerous levels and the pulse rate slows. Sluggish circulation could lead to ulcers on the legs and feelings of extreme cold. And I think anyone of any weight or shape or size will often talk about feeling really, really cold when they're under eating. But the most worrying effect as well of a weakened heart would be if a regular sort of heartbeat, eating starts happening. And again, that can be really, really worrying. So often as well, if you're underweight, you might be going to have your blood pressure, your pulse and everything checked because it can be quite dangerous. Okay, moving on now as well to sex hormones and infertility. So in the body, in order to protect the more important life processes, sex hormone in production is interrupted. So the sexual feelings decrease as we talked about before. And the signs of puberty in females and males might disappear, such as menstruation and nocturnal emissions respectively. Normal functioning may be delayed even after a turn to the normal eating and weight. And I think it's a common pattern as well, isn't it, where people will lose their periods and 
it can take time to get that back, even when you are eating more and back in a healthy weight range, because your body is almost terrified that it's going to be starved again. And it's almost protecting itself by only focusing on what it deems to be the kind of essential functioning. Another big physical effect is bones and osteoporosis, hormonal and nutritional changes have a profoundly disturbing effect on bone growth and density. And the years of puberty are the time when bones grow and strengthen. The thing is up until about the age of 30 as well, we can keep laying down our bone density. So it's never too late. But yeah, after 30, it's harder to restore bone health, although it can be done. You know, I know a dietitian has said in our service that actually you can restore bone health some to some extent at any point. It's never too late. But this is something as well, just to really bear in mind, because I think if you're suffering from an eating disorder and you are younger, your bone health and the concerns around this probably seem such a long way off. But if you don't look after your bones in the longer term, by the time you sort of hit your 40s, 50s, 60s, you could be just really prone to fractures. You could be suffering from osteoporosis. And of course, this is going to really massively impact the quality of your life. The next one is digestion. So the digestive tract in under eaters slows right down. People become constipated. Food move slowly through the digestive system you often get IBS type symptoms and you feel really uncomfortable and this explains the heightened sensitivity to feelings of fullness and bloating so really really difficult to live with and can be really 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 uncomfortable but again by establishing a more regular eating pattern eating a range of foods many of these IBS type symptoms will subside and actually you know your gut will be restored to a healthy place but it does take time skin and hair so this is often a big motivator for people if they've lost lots of hair if their skin becomes very dry you know that can be really quite distressing for people so yeah particularly I think losing hair and often there's a sort of delayed reaction with this like sometimes People won't lose hair immediately when they're under eating, but then suddenly the impact really catches up with them and they're suddenly losing a lot of hair. And this is very, very distressing. And obviously it can be a big motivator for change. The next one, sleep and rest. Under eaters find it hard to sleep, may wake early with a sense of restlessness, which drives them to go out maybe and exercise. The effects are... Yeah, just quite impactful, really. So even if you can get off to sleep, you might just be waking up numerous times in the night, find it hard to go back to sleep because you're hungry, maybe wanting to get up in the night to binge because of you haven't eaten enough in the day and you're just really preoccupied with food. And then, of course, if you haven't slept well, you feel groggy the next day and it has this kind of horrible rolling on impact. So... From this podcast, I guess you can just really see under eating has specific effects. They are universal to human beings and they change our personalities. You know, under eating is not great. If you've been under eating a while, though, you may have not realized that <laughs> some of these effects are having a big impact on you. So you might want to reflect on this and just really notice which ones have been really relevant and to use that as motivation for change. 
Now, of course, under eating may make you feel special and stronger in the short term, but this is really just the eating disorder telling you that this is so. Ultimately, the eating disorder is going to make you unhappy and tired. It will keep you disconnected from people. You'll feel like you're sort of in that bubble, not really in the moment, missing out on things, being constantly preoccupied with food and actually just missing out on life. And I know so many people will tell me that when they look back to periods of their life where they were under eating, they have no memories from that period. They describe it all being a bit of a haze and being very, very disconnected. That can just feel such a waste and there can be a real grief in years missed from under eating. And I guess just to kind of reassure you, though, really, that actually if you do start to eat more regularly, if you do start to nourish your body, so many of these symptoms are going to disappear. And actually, you're going to feel mentally a lot better. You might need to get some support in dealing with some of the changes. And sometimes you can feel a bit worse before you get better. But actually, I know from my own recovery that the benefits of having energy, the benefits of having motivation and enthusiasm for life, being able to kind of get on with things rather than being preoccupied with food, the energy to be able to kind of concentrate on work or college or study, all of these things were just so worth it, you know, actually being able to eat more so I can engage in life again. So if you listen to this, just want you to not use this episode as a way to beat yourself up. I want you to use this episode as motivation for change, as a way to reflect on how under eating is impacting you and for it to give you permission to eat some more and to walk along that recovery road. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're not following me already on Instagram, do seek me out at The Eating Disorder Therapist. For further support with your relationship with food, do go to theeatingdisordertherapist.co.uk. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon. Mm